Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hi, welcome back to the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder. And we're really excited because today we get to move into kind of a more positive part of the transition. Last week or last time, uh, Lynn talked quite a bit about depression and it's a very real stage of grief and transition. And so what we wanna do today is kind of wrap up that depression component and that stage and then move into the much more happy, fun, joyous acceptance and resolution. Uh, So Lynn, first, go ahead and give us some of your final thoughts on depression and this stage and, you know, what can help people. I think one thing we may not have hit on when we were talking about depression are the physical symptoms that sometimes come with hopelessness. Oh, so so true. One of the things that happened to me was I began to get heart palpitations and I actually went to a heart doctor and he put a heart monitor on me and and I was skipping heartbeats. And oh, wow. They were quite, you know, concerned about this. I had some arrhythmia. Now I think a lot of that was related to stress. Okay. Um, and, and so those heart arrhythmias, especially they'd be bad when I'd lie down at night, would keep me from sleeping. So then I'm having sleepless nights. And as I'm up for hours and hours and hours, all kinds of horrific things would go through my head. I'd replay conversations, that kind of stuff. So, wow. So physically, uh, my body, right, is reacting to the stress that I'm feeling emotionally. So I have an autoimmune disease that hasn't been a big deal all my life, but I have a little psoriasis. Well, when I began to go through the transition and I was in that depression stage, my psoriasis just went crazy. Oh, man. (laughs) And even when I got to acceptance and resolution, I still have that psoriasis on my legs and I look at it every day and it kind of reminds me of what I've been through, right? Almost like a a badge of where I've been and where I'm heading. um, Yeah, kind of like scars from really intense battles. Yeah. Absolutely. So there were those those kind of things, right? I got pneumonia actually a couple of times. Um, and I really think that stress can just completely do a mess with your physical body. So then you're dealing with relational things, emotional things, but also physical things. So you need to get out of that stage. Yes. <laughs> and get to the acceptance stage. So with acceptance comes hope again. It's like, okay, this is my new normal. 
there's no going back. I can't unlearn what I know. I can't take back those words I said in that relationship. I can't unknow these things. Right. But I have to accept that this is what it is. I may not like it, but I need to move forward and then deciding how to move forward. I think a lot of people get stuck in anger stages and depression stages because they don't make that choice to move on and have a new framework, a new moral and ethical framework. Um, people tend to want to just be their own gods. Oh, I'll choose this thing. I like that. I like this belief. Okay, a little bit of Buddhism, a little bit of uh, New Age, uh, you know, some spiritualism. Right. I'm going to I'm going to move to the uh, smorgasbord banquet table of religion and I'm just going to kind of pick and choose whatever resonates with me and try to make that work. And that works for some people for a time. Here's the big decision. Is there a god that exists that's smarter than you are? Yeah. Is yep. <laughs> is there a god who knows better what's good for your life? what will give you peace and and what moral and ethical framework works for mankind right yes um, that's a huge decision to make and and at this new norm acceptance stage that's one of the things that i had to struggle with and that other people often tell me they struggle with lots of folks walk away to agnosticism, eh, I know Jesus is real, but you know what? I don't really want any piece of it right now. I don't, don't talk to me about that. Yeah, and unfortunately, that ends up neglecting a very important part of who we are, which is our spiritual, our spiritual side, our spiritual component. We were made to worship something we were made to be in relationship, not just horizontally, but vertically. And so, yes, while that might provide some relief for a time, it still leaves you feeling empty. And I think the only way to move beyond that is to commit to doing some hard work of research, study, looking into some things, really saying, okay, I want to know the truth and I want to follow the truth wherever it leads me. Boy, that is a good point because up to this point, a lot of people have been in figuring out what isn't true. Oh, that's not true. Oh, that person lied. Oh, wow, that isn't what I thought it was, right? Right. Oh, that part of the history was totally made up and really has no basis in reality. <laughs> yes. But what is true? I mean, is there something that's true? And is, are there things, or is everything postmodernism and everything's relative and I make it up myself as I go along and you make it up yourself as you go along. But what if you think murder's right and I don't think murder's right? Oh, everybody knows murder isn't right. Well, how do you know if you don't have a moral framework, right? Right. So I had to rebuild the unright thinking with right thinking. And early on, I realized that God was real, that I wanted him in my life, and that part of this process was surrendering my life and my will 
to his life and his will for me. Yes. And, and that was scary because I'd never lived that way before to give someone else the control. Humans are control freaks, and particularly I was. Well, yeah, we are because in control is an illusion. I think as any um, parent of either a two-year-old or a 12-year-old quickly finds out, um, <laughs> there's really no such thing as much control uh, or anybody who's been in an automobile accident that just came out of nowhere, right? Right. Then the challenge is, finding I guess, a way like forward. you said, going, moving toward finding out what is truth and right. pursuing that. Right. Because people in performance-based religion have felt burned by religion that is connected to the name of Jesus, they tend to throw Jesus out when they throw the organization out. A lot of people have a tendency to do that. And yet you have these wonderful people who thought they had Jesus, love Jesus, and don't know what to do with that now, right? Right. And I think the New Testament speaks to this because the Apostle Paul writing to, I want to say, uh, it was either the people at Corinth or the people in Galatia, one of those books. We'll, we'll put the exact reference in the show notes. But he says, there are those who will bring you another Jesus and another gospel. And unfortunately, when they do that, you are too quick to accept them. And he goes on to say, but there really isn't another Jesus or another gospel. There's only one. And... I think that's exactly what happens with these performance-based religions. They get given, and some people say it's a false Jesus, it's another Jesus. I think very often it's a distorted picture of who the real Jesus is. And so I don't want to be too harsh on people who felt like they had a relationship with Jesus. They may have, but what they thought they knew to be true about him wasn't true and that's what needs to be replaced and that's where you have to figure out where to go to get that information so you can read a lot of secular books about jesus um, history on the earth and who who he was and and that's good information but how do you read what he said and what he taught and what his nature is I quickly realized there's really only one source for that. Um, my Book of Mormon didn't have direct words from Jesus except for a few in Third Nephi when he supposedly visited, and those words came right out of Matthew 5. They were the Beatitudes just repeated. And so it didn't take me very long to realize that if I wanted to learn about Jesus, I needed to go to the New Testament, and then eventually I realized the Old Testament was all about Jesus too, and went through the Old Testament and saw all of these foreshadowings of Jesus. But that was the place to go. But of course, having come from performance-based religion that taught me that the Bible was often not reliable, I was a little skeptical at first. Right. And I think, I think both of us, both of our ministries have on our respective website articles 
and information on the reliability of the Bible, on the reliability of the New Testament texts, that they are eyewitness accounts, that they are um, historically accurate, that they can be trusted, that the manuscript evidence for them is very strong, stronger than for any other work of antiquity. And so, again, we can put some links in the show notes to articles and stuff we have if, if that's a particular area of struggle. So how, what was your process? Because I think what I, what I think will help people is if we can give them kind of a process or maybe some steps to take to begin working through this because some of it is just plain hard work. It's being committed to the truth, committed to finding the truth, going to the right place, and then rolling up your sleeves and digging in to the truth and doing the hard work of sorting it out. So what did that look like for you and what was kind of the result of that? Well, you don't trust you <laughs> once you feel like you've believed something and now you decide it's not true and other people taught this to you, then you're not wanting to trust other people or at least other religious organizations at this point. But what I did trust were the very words of Jesus. And literally, as I'm, I'm a trained researcher as a professor, right? I did yep. a lot of research over the years and presented a lot of papers even around the world. I went to the primary source, who was Jesus himself, and I was most interested in those red letter words of Jesus, what he said exactly and what it was he taught and whether it was consistent, whether it had internal consistency, yes. whether it was powerful, whether it resonated with me and whether it helped teach me who this man was. But as I'm doing this, I'm having a million questions. So I'm writing them in my Bible margin. Okay, <laughs> that's a good place. I found a pastor locally who was willing to answer our questions, and we emailed back and forth quite frequently. I was on the internet. Um, I read other books of people who had left Mormonism and gone to biblical faith. Those things were kind of helpful, but the most helpful thing to me was simply to get into the Bible, not to trust pretty much what anyone else said about it, but let God speak to me through his word and see what happened. But even as that happens, so many questions, so many questions. And that's what, that's what parachurch ministries like yours and mine are for. And pastors in churches and community with other Christians so that you can go and ask how those things um how a typical Christian would think about that, right? How they right. would interpret yep. that. Because my my thinking was still very Mormon, and I, I was trying to sort all of that out. You know, one thing, too, that helped me was to get out of the King James, because when I was Mormon and I used King James all the time, when I read King James, it was as if it had a Mormon framework on top of it, and I just kept going back to my LDS thinking. But when I went to a more modern version, particularly the ESV, I was so much better able to understand 
and get rid of my old thinking and just see it for what it said. Yes, that, that is such a good point for people who are in the process of transition, who don't want to get rid of the Bible, I guess, who, who recognize, because it's a very freeing place to get to where you see, well, you know what? Jesus and the Bible were around a long time before any founder of a performance-based religion or what they taught. And so you can always go back to before whoever founded the performance-based religion and you can find Jesus in the Bible and, and that's where you go to start. And so, yeah, translations like the English Standard Version, ESV, which is one of my favorites, the uh, New International Version, um, the um, New American Standard Bible Standard, was used. Right. But there are a number of good translations out there. And to just get a translation that's not the King James Version, I mean, not that that's a bad translation, but yeah, the, the language can be archaic. And like you say, there are so many triggers and associations with the performance-based religion that to step away from that can often give you new insight, new clarity into what the Word is saying. The Bible is reliable. So even if you're not sure whether you want to keep Jesus, just open your mind and just read this thing and see if you might have an interest there. Right. Um, so what, so what shape did your, your study take? How did you start working through some of these hard things, the things that were maybe keeping you in the depression stage where you went, okay, it's not true. I've got to find truth. What, what did that look like for you? Well, I'm, I tried to just read a section of scripture every day and then when I came upon those questions, I did this in-depth study. So I might hit upon something about angels, but I'm not sure who angels are or what material they're made from. Are they really like man? Are they, you know, because sure. Mormonism yep. had taught me something totally different. So then I go through the whole scriptures, look at all the references to angels and try to figure that out, right? So it, it really does take a fair amount of study, but I kind of like that. <laughs> but <laughs> yep. I think the more that people are willing to do that, the more insight they have. And then the more they go, oh, okay, I know what I know, what I know, because I've kind of been through the study for that thing. Okay, I've got that down. Okay, now what about priesthood? You know, so I'll sure. read a section and I'll come upon something that says, um, all believers are part of a royal priesthood. Whoa, all believers. What does that mean? Kids, really? And yeah, women, women? yes. Yeah, um, well, I never okay. knew that. Yeah. So I, I have to stop you at this point because I know there are people out there who are thinking, this sounds all well and good for a BYU professor or a university professor who is into research, but that is not me. So... Is there anything, are there tools, is there any way they could maybe benefit from the hours and hours and hours <laughs> of study that you did? Well, and that Adams Road has done. Um, basically, I think every human has to do this for themselves, but God took us through this craziness, I think, my kids and my family, and we are more than happy to pass on 
um, our experiences and our scriptures and things that we felt we learned if they are any value to you, right? So the first thing I did five years after I had given my life to Jesus and I was starting to feel solid, okay. my husband and I wrote this book called Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, Quick Guide to the Doctrinal Differences Between Mormonism and the Biblical Word of God. So these are seven basic things that we had figured out that were not true in Mormonism, but then we'd gone into the Bible and figured out what was true about them. Okay, this, so like, give me give me some examples of the subjects. Like, what sorts of thing are we talking about that you covered? Whether or not you need a prophet today for ongoing revelation. All right, that's pretty significant. <laughs> Whether or not salvation requires works on top of faith or faith alone. Uh, things like whether marriage is really eternal and whether okay, yeah. polygamy is an eternal principle. Some of those things that are kind of basic teachings in Mormon uh, scripture. Uh, whether the Book of Mormon is the most correct book of any on the face of the earth or, and whether the Bible can be trusted, right? So those okay. are the oh, kind yeah. of things that we struggled with. Right, and I think those are going to be common ones to probably 95% of the people that are in the process of transitioning, for example, out of the LDS religious system. So, so this all ended up in a book then. So you have all this stuff written down. So the person who doesn't want to research, they can get your book? Anyone who is transitioning themselves or they're in a performance-based religion and they are questioning their faith, our ministry always sends them free so that you can help sort these things out. And um, this podcast is currently offering this book at unveilinggracepodcast.com. Yep. You, um, for folks who are willing to donate to the, to the podcast, however... There's always a caveat for folks who are questioning their performance-based religion. If you were in that category, it's always free to you. And sometime down the road, if it blesses you and you want to turn around and contribute, that's fine. That's exciting that that resource is available. What we care about most uh, through this podcast, through our ministries, is helping people move into an intimate relationship with Jesus that is what you need if you're going to fully move into this acceptance and resolution stage. Well, I want to pick up on what you just began to talk about. What I found was the more I was in the Word, the more Jesus became real to me because I began to know Him. And as He became real to me, my prayers changed and my thoughts changed and I began to talk to him all day long and I began to think like him um, and his framework became my framework and that profoundly changed me from the inside out and I knew he was always there, I knew he cared and I even gave, got this sense that he was orchestrating all this, right? That he had such a precious love for me and for my family and for every human on the earth 
that he knew our purpose from before the ages began and that I was beginning to walk in that. Yeah, and that, I mean, that is so cool because one of the scriptures I was thinking about when you were talking about having to kind of press forward was Philippians 3, verses, uh, starting verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I don't consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. So encouraging that that's what God is calling us to, greater intimacy, greater depth of our relationship with Him. And that's a wonderful section of scripture to start with next time. Okay, because well that's, that's what there. we will do. All right, well, um, until next time, grace and peace be yours. Amen. Um, Please walk ahead and have hope and know that your Lord loves you. And every time that you say, oh, it couldn't be, it must be a coincidence, begin to realize that he loves you intimately and reaches out to you in ways that only resonate with you, that are very personal. And um, you'll, you'll meet this amazing Jesus. Absolutely. So cool. Great words to end on. All right. Until next time, may you experience a grace that heals. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, And leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.